You're listening to Last Word Radio, where you, you get the last word. Welcome back, everyone, to the Last Word Podcast. We are on episode 12 now. Um, one thing about this episode is it's our first video episode. So if you're listening on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever, uh, we do have a video option now that'll be on YouTube. I'll put the link down below, so make sure to subscribe to us. Um, we'll be doing audio and video from now on uh, just to see how that kind of works and, and go from there, I guess. Um, so definitely make sure to follow us on YouTube. Uh, my name is Jordan Daly. With me, as always, I have Michael White and Stacey Collier. Say what's up, guys. What's going on, everybody? Glad to see everybody. You guys can see me, see my beautiful chocolate self. What's going on, though? It's glad, glad to be back for another episode. <laughs> Yo, what's up, everybody? You know, glad y'all tuning in to the new format of the show, and I hope y'all enjoy it. Awesome. Well, let's get right back into this. Uh, NBA Finals are wrapped up. Toronto won in six against the Golden State Warriors. Uh, I guess let's talk about that for a little bit. Uh, any initial reactions to that whole series, Mike? Ah, injuries everywhere. In- injuries everywhere. But I don't want that to outshine my pick, which was the Raptors. I don't <laughs> want that to outshine none of that. The Raptors finally win. Um, I'm not going to lie. Even when Clay went down, I was still worried for the Raptors, even though they technically have the depth and they should win. It's just something about Steph Curry and Iggy's hitting crazy threes from everywhere. It's like whenever the Warriors need someone to hit a shot, they hit it. But it ultimately ended up proving up not being enough. But I'm just excited for the Raptors. That was my pick this year. I figured they'd make the finals. I picked them to win in seven, and they got it done in six at Oracle, like one of us predicted. So that's what's up. Yeah, you predicted them from the very beginning of the playoffs, didn't you? From I predicted them in December. Wow. <laughs> All right, that's impressive. I was wrong like four times so far, so... Um, <laughs> Guess I'm like Paul Pierce. Um, actually, no, he predicted the Raptors, didn't he? Once it got oh, yeah. to the finals, I think he. I think he got that right. He's getting his credibility back. I like it. Um, <laughs> Stacy, what about you? What are your thoughts about the the whole series? Oh, the whole series, man! I love this series, man. This was great competitive basketball. Now, the one thing I didn't like, the unfortunate thing, is the injuries. We saw Kevin Durant get another injury. Sad, unfortunate. Clay Thompson went down. Very sad and unfortunate, but. Overall, this series was a joy to watch. Uh, definitely a great change of pace. Um, the the better team won. The Raptors outplayed the Warriors the entire series. Even though they did lose two games, they were just flat out better than the Warriors. Physical, they got the Warriors out there elevated, and they won. And I'm so happy for the Warriors in the season. They finally made it to the. It, it was a great series. It was, Great story, you know, Kawhi Leonard and and speaking of vindication, Kyle Lowry, vindicate. He stayed down the whole time, faced the criticism night in, night out, and he helped get it done. Had a fantastic game six. So it was a great series. Unfortunately, we had to deal with the injuries, but here we are. Congratulations to the Raptors. Yeah, definitely. You know, watching that series, one thing I really noticed is the ball ball movement within Toronto. Um, you know, I thought they did a great job of passing it around. They didn't really force any shots. Um, for what I saw, they always tried to find the best option. You know, obviously Kawhi was a standout player, but I, I didn't get the sense that they were, like, forcing the ball to him at all. Um, you know, everyone kind of got their time to shine. You know, Kyle Lowry had his games. Fred Van Vliet had his games. Um, you know, everyone kind of contributed, whereas, I don't know, look back at the Cavaliers the past few years, it was always the LeBron James show. So, um, and then that's not a shot to you guys. I know you guys love LeBron. So, um 
but it, it was just like something new to watch. You know, Stacey, like you said, I, I loved that series a lot. Um, it was something new. It was really competitive. You know, I wouldn't say everyone absolutely thought the Golden State Warriors were going to win this time, whereas the past couple of years, like, it was probably Golden State. So, so it was something new to see, something good to see. Um, but, you know, something you guys brought up was injuries. And, you know, you saw Kevin Durant go down, Klee Thompson go down. And one thing that I've already seen on social media, which actually pisses me off when it comes to this, is everyone saying that, like, oh, the Toronto Raptors need an asterisk next to their name. Like, they didn't deserve that NBA Finals championship. And, you know, I see people responding with, okay, well, like, look at the past years when the Warriors won it all, and they face teams with injuries, too. Like, injuries are just part of the game. Um, do you, what do you think about that whole asterisk situation? We'll start with you, Stacey. Uh, asterisk just for winning the NBA Finals? No, they don't get it. Don't get an answer. They won. They did what they were supposed to do. Unfortunately, injuries happened, but they took advantage of the situation and they got the job done. Did they not see the Toronto Raptors this whole year? Did they not see them come back down from 0-2 and win Game Seven on a on a buzzer beater? Shout out to Kawhi Leonard. But uh, <laughs> no. Uh, if if we gonna do that, let's put an asterisk on on what happened with the Warriors back in 2015 and also last season. Let's do that for uh, the San Antonio Spurs when they went against a LeBron team that didn't deserve to be there. Let's do that for the Lakers when they won against Philly. When Allen Allison, it was just Allen Allison and um, I don't know who else. But uh, no, the, the Raptors, they deserve this title. I definitely agree. Michael, what about you? Um, Asterisk, there's, there's, there's no point in that. I don't. The only people who say there should be an asterisk besides this championship are, are salty fans, things of that nature. Look, like like Stacy just said, injuries are a part of the game. No one goes into the finals 100% healthy. Everybody all of a sudden forgot Kawhi was limping through the last series. I'm sure they wish they could have sat him, but unfortunately, he's all they got. So the Warriors, look, it just wasn't their year. Injuries are a part of the NBA. It's an 82-game season. Then you add the playoffs on top of that. Not everybody's going to make it through, which is why it's so key for your GM or your president or whoever to put the right team together, whether that mean with depth or would that be with stars. So I don't listen to those type of things. The Raptors won this championship. I felt like the Raptors were going to win. When I made that prediction, I considered the Warriors healthy, and I thought the Raptors were going to win. So, I, nah, I would never put an asterisk beside a championship. They still had to go out there and still had to win those games, and none of them were easy. So, yeah, no way. Yeah, I'm glad we're all on the same page with that. You know, I saw people doing that, and I was like, come on, like, give credit where credit's due. Like, an NBA season is not just one series. You know, it's all, it's a whole year. It's 82 games plus all the playoffs. Um, so they, they were definitely the best team this season. So no no debate from me on that. Um, and that leads into another question is, what wins championships? I, I posted a tweet out um, with a poll. It said, what wins championships? Star players are great depth. Uh, the results were there were 670 votes. Um, before I say the result, I want to see like your guys' opinions on this. Um, Michael, what do you think wins championships, star players or great depth? I think star players still win championships. Um, obviously, we saw what happened this year in depth, won it with just one star. But I still think at the end of the day, let's even though I picked Toronto to win, the Warriors healthy, it, it's going to take a miracle to beat them. So at the end of the day, I believe you need stars especially to win in the playoffs and win championship depth, I think helps you throughout the season, which is why you need both. But if I had to pick one, give me the stars. Okay. Stacey, what about you? 
Um, unfortunately, I'm finna be that guy that stands <laughs> in the middle and says, <laughs> and says both. You can't get it done without both. You need star players, you need one or two star players, and you need depth. Look what happened this year, Toronto Raptors. Uh, the Warriors, even though we know they got Steph Curry, they got depth. And remember, Andre Iguodala was MVP of the finals. So, and then the other teams, the Bulls, the Lakers, the Spurs, all those great teams, they have depth. They have players 1 through 12, 1 through 15, what have you, that can get the job done. So, you need both. You need star players that can take over the game and provide uplifting moments, get buckets. Then you need the depth to cover those star players just in case they either get injured or they struggle. So, in my opinion, you really need both. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Um, you know, this year the Toronto Raptors won, so obviously depth won it. I mean, aside from Kawhi Leonard, I wouldn't really call anyone else in that lineup a superstar. I mean, and Kyle Lowry's a great player, don't get me wrong. Marcus all a great player, don't get me wrong, but I, I don't think anyone's on the same level as Kawhi Leonard on that team, um, at least compared to, like, thinking about the Golden State Warriors where Steph Curry is a star, Clay Thompson's a star, DeMarcus Cousins is a star, Kevin Durant's a star, they're star-studded. Um, and, you know, obviously that's worked for them in the past few years, but I don't know. I, I was thinking about this one for a while, and at first my initial instinct was to say depth because, you know, I'm thinking about the NBA. Injuries happen all the time, and if you can't have someone cover for that star player, your team's not really going to get that far. But then, you know, I'm thinking back, um, and I think Stacey, you're really going to like this one, and, and it kills me to say it. Um, you know, like LeBron James, when he was on the Cavs, who did he really have um, when he won the championships a couple years ago? And, and you know, thinking back to when he first got into the league, and he, he carried that squad to the finals. Or not the finals, maybe the playoffs. I don't really remember, but um, I, I think it really is stars. I mean, if the stars can stay healthy, it's going to be really hard to stop them. Um, but that's where the debate comes in, I guess, is like, what if they get hurt? And if you don't have depth, that's where Stacey brings up a good point is you really need both. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's my opinion on that. Anything else you guys want to add on that? No, I, I'm in agreement. Like like you guys both said, you, you need both at the end of the day. You want to have that top with the stars here and there. But what if Steph Curry hurts an ankle? What if someone patchouli a cheap shot to your best player? You, you definitely need those... <laughs> The smaller pieces on your team to help give you the edge. So I, I'm in agreement with you both. Okay. Yeah, we've yeah, we seen great examples of both this year. Like, look at the uh, the the team like the Houston Rockets. They got a couple star players. Not really much depth on that team. Then you got a team like the Los Angeles Clippers who made the playoffs and took the Warriors to this game. They got depth. They got players, you know, six, seven, eight rotation, but they don't have uh, – a real star player, a true superstar player. The closest to that is Lou Williams. So, okay. Um, looking at the Twitter results, obviously, I said there were 670 votes. Uh, 59% of them went with great depth. Um, so it was pretty close. Um, I actually thought it was going to be a, a blowout in favor of the stars. So I was initially surprised on that. Um, but at the same time, I wonder if the reason it was like that is because it was right after the Toronto Raptors won and. Obviously, Toronto Raptors won with their great depth. So, um, what was that? Emotional decision. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that could have skewed the results. Um, maybe I'll try it again next year after whoever wins and, and see if that changes at all. Um, but but last thing on the NBA Finals before I move into the off season, I just realized that like this is the last time on the podcast we're actually going to get to talk about like basketball that just happened. We got a while to go now, mm-hmm. um, at least into like summer league or something. I don't know. Um, what does winning the NBA championship mean for the city of Toronto? 
Um, you know, it has to be crazy for them. It's their first NBA championship. Um, they were an expansion team. They didn't really have a, the hottest start in the world. Um, the past couple of years, they were known as a team that chokes in the playoffs. Um, what does this whole championship demeanor mean for the city of Toronto, who was previously known as like a hockey town? Um, does this make basketball big there? Obviously, Drake had a huge impact. A lot, a lot of factors go into that. Uh, well, Stacey, we'll start with you on this. Uh, yeah, it changed the narrative of the Toronto Raptors. Up. Like you just said, you know, they're known as the playoffs. You know, they always have a great team, but they don't get it done. Stacey, but I'm going to make you restart. Uh, you sounded yeah. like an alien for a second. Yeah, Sorry. that whole <laughs> first part. Over. I was like dying. Hang on. Um, where is that? It, it's around 1230. All right, so I'll just ask the question again, and I'll restart. Alright. Stacy, what does that mean for you? Um, this changes the narrative of the Toronto Raptors. We all know them as the uh, playoff chokers. You know, they get to the playoffs, they have a decent to good team, and they just don't get it done. But this year, given, you know, they made the moves, made the sacrifices, getting trading away DeMar DeRozan for uh, Kawhi Leonard. You know, he is a superstar player. We didn't know if he was going to be motivated enough to to carry the Raptors, and he did in the end of the day. And this does put a spotlight on the city of Toronto. We all see that they have great fans, albeit that, you know, that little controversy that happened with cheering on uh, Kevin Durant. It, it does make them more of a, a basketball city. And also now the Raptors, should be an attractive destination for at least second tier in the NBA, especially in a lot of there. So this definitely changed the narrative of Toronto Raptors. I think they're going to become a lot of fans, Fairweather fans' favorite team now. Like they're going to look at this team as a team that you know they worked hard, they didn't give up, uh, they grinded to the to the. To their spy, and that's just a, a, a great feel good story for NBA fans everywhere. Michael, what about you? Any different thoughts? Uh, this is big. You know, not every NBA team gets a chance to put up a banner to hold the what what Kawhi say that Larry O'B. Not not every team gets that chance. Um, Toronto's definitely etched their name in the books, and like you guys were saying. This is going to make basketball just even bigger. The the wave of Toronto players that are making their way to the NBA is increasing in time. And you got a guy like Drake, who's one of the biggest artists in globally. So he's from Toronto. He's supporting that team. Now you add a championship. You've got a superstar player. I think this is also good for them. Who knows? What if Kawhi leaves? I think this is going to entice other free agents. Like, hey, I can go there. And if I win there... I'm the man. They offering Kawhi a free lawyer for life, condos, houses, Kawhi and Dine. I want a Kawhi and Dine. You see what I'm saying? So it's just crazy. I think this has set them on a path to be, who knows, maybe one of those top basketball dynasties coming up. I mean, look at the team you knocked out. Yes, we know there was injuries here. There was Clay and KD. But in about 30 years, when you just look through the record books, they're just going to say, Toronto took down the Golden State Warriors, the dynasty. So I, I think this is big for Toronto. I think this can only open more doors for them. And who knows? They might, with Siakam, and they still have Van Vliet, 
they're they're going to be good for a while, and they're going to have a lot to root for. So this is big for that uh, the country. I agree. I mean, Kawhi Leonard is kind of like a Vince Carter 2.0 right now. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you guys know too much of the history about like what Vince Carter did for the city of Toronto, um, but he kind of like built that city in a way that you know he brought nightlife to the city. He brought fans to the city. Like he just kind of started the forming of Toronto being a basketball city and just a place to go. Um, even if it's just like a tourist attraction or whatever, you know, he was bringing NBA stars down to go clubbing with him in Toronto. Um, obviously, I don't see Kawhi as a big clubber, I guess, but, um, you know, he's kind of doing that. You know, he just won the NBA championship with them, with them something that Vince Carter couldn't do. Um, but, you know, that NBA championship and the likeness of wanting to play with Kawhi Leonard, like Stacy said, is going to make them a pretty big free agency destination. Do I see them bringing in top tier guys? Um, probably not yet. I mean, I feel like it's hard to sell living in another country. Um, but they definitely have the chance to bring in some guys that want to start standing out um, and guys that want to be able to contribute right away. Because a team like Toronto, the way they play is everyone kind of has a piece of the puzzle that contributes. So um, I definitely think that they can do that. Um, and, you know, kind of continuing the conversation with Kawhi, um, do you think he's going to resign with Toronto? Stacy, we'll start with you. Mm, this is a tough one. You don't know. You don't know. I'm leaning towards, yeah, he's going to resign. But I don't think he's going to resign for that long. I don't think he's going to get, like, five-year, six-year deal, none of that. Maybe, like, a two-year deal, you know. Because I kind of got the feeling that he wants to, you know, go back, back to California, go play in like the not the late Mike, but uh, I'm leaning towards him resigning the Raptors. Michael, what about you? Ah, now the Laker fan in me is saying, "Oh, he's gone. He's gone. He got to come on home. Come on down. Put on this purple and yellow." But if I had to be honest, I had to place some money on it today. My my best bet would be, like Stacy said, signs a short term in Toronto. The team is already set. You've proven you can win a championship with this team. Next year, you're going to get um, OG Ananobi back. You're going to have some more continuity with Mark Gasol and these other players. Ibaka, Van Fleet's going to be another year but better. Siakam's going to be another year better. So I, I, I think I'm more leaning towards short-term in Toronto, seeing if, hey, maybe we can win another championship, add another ring to his belt, then he might leave after that. It's just I always look at it in my point of view. If I was in his shoes – It'd be so hard to leave Toronto right now on this high. So, yeah, I'm thinking he's going to stay. Yeah, I agree. I definitely think he's going to stay. And I also agree with the, you know, kind of the short-term contact. I see a three-year max, possibly. Yeah. Um, I don't see anything more than that. You know, he is kind of getting up there in age. And he's always kind of – I don't know if he's actually ever said, but everything's always rumored that he wants to end up in L.A. somewhere. So, um, you know, I definitely see in his retirement years he'll probably try to head down there. Um, but for now, you know, after everything I've heard, you know, he was calling like Kyle Lowry, his best friend, a brother. And apparently there was rumors that, you know, he got drunk at a club after winning and said like he was definitely resigning. Um, but again, those are all just rumors. So I don't know. But one, one thing he does have is Patrick McCaw, who's three for three in his career. Man has not <laughs> lost an NBA finals in his career. He's won it every single time. So, um, Danny Ainge, please get him. Maybe he's the lucky charm we need. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's just crazy, dude. Like one of my friends the other day was saying, if Kawhi Leonard goes to the Clippers, 
Um, right now, he leaves Toronto, goes to the Clippers, and he wins an NBA Finals with the Clippers in one to two years. He is in conversation for the GOAT. I immediately was like, whoa, calm down there. Um, but, you know, he, he started giving me some explanations. He, he kind of said, you know, Kawhi doesn't really have as big of an attitude as, you know, Michael Jordan, LeBron James do. He's not really in the media. So that kind of makes him forgotten a little bit. Um, and, you know, being able to, one, go to Toronto and win a championship his first year and then go to the Clippers, who really don't really have anyone right now. And if he can pull off a championship in one to two years with them as well. Um, do you think that puts him into the conversation? We'll start with you, Stacey. No, I said previously that if LeBron wins a championship with the Lakers, then I would consider him. If Kawhi Leonard goes to L.A., chooses the Clippers, takes that Clippers team to the finals, put up the stats, and win, he should at least be in the running for the GOAT. First of all, you took a, a, a Raptors team who were known as, you know, playoff chokers, like we already mentioned. Then you go to the Clippers of all franchises, who used to be cursed, by the way. They used to and you win a championship with them. That's that's just crazy. I don't think no other player can do that. And no other player could definitely say that. Crazy. Michael, what about you? I think it definitely puts him in the conversation. Um can I automatically assume put him over Jordan? I can't. Uh, 6-0 and is still 6-0 and at the end of the day. Could have been 8-0. and We don't know. If he don't take – if he ain't take two years off to go attempt to play baseball, <laughs> we, we could be looking at 8-0 and here. And I also feel like even though it's an amazing feat, you can put Kawhi anywhere and it seems like they're, they're a chance to win a championship, I think the same could have been said for Jordan. So I I, I, don't, I wouldn't put him over it right away just till he got some more rings, but easily, easily in the discussion. I mean, Kawhi is, yeah, Kawhi is becoming one of my more favorite players in the league. So yeah, he's definitely in that discussion. If he well, if he goes to the Clippers, I might just keep him out out of hate. But if he comes <laughs> to the Lakers and does it, then, then we talking. Then yeah, he's in it. Man, if he goes to L.A. Lakers, not gonna oh. be happy. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to be happy at all. All right, but uh, we'll close off the conversation on the NBA Finals, kind of the whole Kawhi Leonard drama, and we'll move on to our Player of the Week segment, which will continue a little bit with the NBA Finals, but we'll, we'll go with that for now. All right, and next up we have our Hot Take segment. As always, we have Ben back on with us. Uh, ben, take it away. All right, first Hot Take. Vegas has the Lakers as the favorite to win the 2020 NBA Finals. Uh, and that was that was before the AD trade. That was before they got AD. Lakers were the betting favorites to win next year's NBA championship <laughs> with just LeBron more or less on their lineup. The same lineup that missed the playoffs this year. Uh, seems pretty crazy to me. Uh, I said right away when I saw it, does Vegas know something we don't? Uh, and, you know, people had a lot to say. But, Stacey, what was your, what was your take on that? Lakers being the favorites to win the finals next year. Um, that is a bit of a reach at this point. Even with uh, Anthony Davis on the team, I feel like we have we still have to wait past free agency to see if the Lakers could win the finals or not. Uh, there's still like a few teams out there that are still more complete than the Lakers are that have a better shot. For instance, uh, Toronto, especially if they get Kawhi Leonard back, they're going to be the favorites to repeat. And we still have the 
Dolphins 76, especially if they bring back Jimmy Butler. And also, we still kind of have the Houston Rockets. So, for the Lakers to be the favorites right now, not yet. Not yet. Yeah, no, you're right. I think they need a point guard first before before we start making these claims. But who knows? Michael, you're a Lakers fan. You think this is reasonable? <laughs> I think this is very reasonable, guys. Sometimes we just have to sit back and accept it for what it was. Look, we've been down. We've been down for a couple of years. But, look, obviously Vegas knows something we don't. And, obviously, as you see, the trade has went through. We're getting there, okay? We got the pieces in place. We got LeBron. You know, when you consider things like the Warriors, Klay Thompson's down now, KD's down. Chris Paul, he's talking about maybe he wants to get removed from Houston, so we don't know what they're going to look like next year. Denver's still a young team. When you have a guy like LeBron James, who even though he only played, I think it was 55, 54 games, something like that, he's still averaging 27, 8, and 8, and then you add two cap spaces possibly. So now you feel that it with Anthony Davis with the chance to get another guy. I think Vegas is just smelling what's coming and it's just the Lakers resurgent back into the limelight. That's all it is, guys. Okay. It's okay. okay. All right. I respect the confidence. And uh, as for Houston, and Capella might be leaving too. We'll yeah. See. I was, that, that report kind of faded a little bit, but doesn't mean it's not going to happen. Uh, in that case, the West would be wide open. Uh, Jordan... You said you think that you think that seems like a like a reasonable take from Vegas. Um, definitely not since it was before Anthony Davis even got to LA. I don't know what they were talking about before it went AD to LA. Um, you know, someone in our group chat mentioned that it's probably just Vegas thinking that most people are gonna bet on the Lakers. You know, he kind of gave that explanation. Um, but yeah, you guys all pretty much said it. And sorry to burst your bubble, Mike. Um, <laughs> I still think they have a long way to go, and we'll we'll get into the trade a little bit later on. But you know, Anthony Davis is a guy that gets hurt a lot. Like, how many games did he miss last season? You know, LeBron James is aging. Like, I get a lot of people want to call him the goat, but there is an age factor there. And you know, he missed a couple games due to like load management or whatever. Um, I don't know. I still think they're missing a lot of pieces of that puzzle. They gave up a lot, and like Ben said, I think they really need a point guard. Um, there are plenty of options in the free agency, so um, I won't say it's not possible. But I will say I, I need more time. I need to see what they do in free agency. I need to see what they do after making some moves. What I will say about that trade, though, is that honestly, I don't think the Lakers gave all that much up in terms of players because Ingram and Lonzo weren't exactly the most key players for that team. Uh, the picks definitely hurt, but I think if you're thinking about winning now, it might it might have been a good trade for the Lakers. So we'll see what happens, but... I don't know. It seems a little bit crazy to me to to do it even before the AD trade. But our next hot take we'll move on is from Bleacher Report writer Sean Hyken. Uh, and he claims that in an, in an article that he wrote about the, the winners and the losers of the Anthony Davis trade, that the Pelicans were the winners of that trade. Obviously, they got a lot of picks. They got Lonzo. They got Brandon Ingram. But, Michael, as our Lakers fan, do you think it's reasonable to to say that the Pelicans won that trade, giving up AD? I, I think it's you have a good argument to say that right now. Like you guys said, the Lakers as constructed is really just LeBron, AD. Uh, I think we got Bonga under contract, a few other guys. You know, we don't really have anybody on the contract, so we have to see what else they put around the roster. Because like I told you guys before, I didn't believe LeBron and AD was enough. 
So what happens from here on out is going to be very important. So looking at that from the Pelican side of things, you get Lonzo Ball, who's proven he's a, a, a top-tier defender in this league. He can he makes everybody around him better. You combine him with there's chemistry there between him and Brandon Ingram. Then you add a guy like Zion Williamson, who needs a good point guard in the league right now. So you give him a Lonzo Ball, who's you know who's uh, unselfish to a fault almost. So. I think if you look at it right now, before the Lakers have made any moves, then yeah, you can make an argument that the Pelicans won. They have tons of young players. They only have one big contract on their books right now, I think, and that's Drew Holiday. And then they've got that crappy contract with Solomon Hill. But they've they've got a nice young core team there. They've got picks from here on to forever. So who knows? They might move that four pick for another established guy off rip. It can seem like the Pelicans have won the deal, but let's see what my let me give my guys a chance. Let's see what we do from here on out, and then we'll determine who's the winner of that towards the end of this first season, probably. Oh yeah, that's fair. Jordan, who won the trade? This is tough. You know, part of me wants to say it was a win-win for both sides. Um, part of me wants to say it was, you know, when you think of trades, a lot of the times the person that wins the trade is the team that got the best player, and you know, in that that case, it's the Lakers, but. The Pelicans got a lot, okay? The Pelicans right now remind me of the Celtics from a few years ago. Um, you know, right when we kind of accepted our rebuilding stage, you know, we got rid of KG, Paul Pierce, right, all them. You know, we got all those picks. You know, that's kind of what the the place the Pelicans are in right now. You know, they're going to get Zion. They're going to – they could get the fourth pick as well. Um, they could trade that for more assets. You know, they have a lot of ways they can go. Um, but But I definitely think they're in a good position, and they got a lot from that trade. So – I guess I would say it's a win-win. They both got what they wanted out of it. Um, so, yeah, I'll say it's a win-win. Yeah, that's fair. I can agree with that. Uh, Stacy, who won the trade? Um, right now, I would say the Lakers won the trade because they have the more guarantee. Oh, Anthony Davis, we already know what he can do. He's a baller. He's a game very dominant player. All he needs to do is just stay healthy. For the Pelican side, they got a lot of unknowns. First, Lonzo Ball. Can he stay healthy himself, for one? Number two, we don't know where Brandon Ingram is going as far as his development is concerned. In my opinion, he was stifled a bit when he was with the Lakers because of LeBron James and the rise of Kyle Kuzma. So we don't know about uh, Brandon Ingram just yet. Can he go from good to great? Josh Hart, too inconsistent. And we don't know who they're going to pick up in the draft to years to come. And also, they're trying to build a team. They're trying to find the right coach, the right pieces in place, so that way they could be a playoff team, you know, three, five years down the line. So they have a lot of unknowns right now. And the Lakers, them getting Anthony Davis, they got uh, a perennial all-star for one. And two, Anthony Davis makes them more attractive for other free agents to come through and win a title with L.A. So right now, I'm going to say the Lakers won that trade. Yeah, no, that's a good point about uh, AD being, you know, attracting free agents. Because I just saw a report on on BR about Kyrie having wanted to play with AD for months. So if you get if you get Kyrie out in LA and like like we were talking about a point guard that they need, uh, that would be that would be a filthy lineup. That would be then then I then I could see them being the favorites to win the chip. I mean, Kyrie, LeBron, AD at your like one three five. Kyrie will ruin your team. I don't recommend him. <laughs> maybe he, maybe he just ruined your team. I don't know. We'll see. He was he was good in Cleveland for the first few years. <laughs> I'm just salty. 
I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did. He did do something weird with that team. I don't know if he handled that in the best way. But uh, we'll move on to our final hot take before Jordan gets too heated. Uh, <laughs> Howard Beck, another Bleacher Report writer, said that unfortunately KD will never be the same after this injury, which you know it, it might be true. I hope to God that it's not, but uh, we'll we'll see what happens in the years to come. He quoted like age as a reason he'll be older and he just won't be as explosive of a player. Uh, which will suck because he's you know really fun to watch. Do you guys think that KD will be able to bounce back and be the player, or at least be kind of close to the player that he he has been past couple of years? Michael, we'll start with you. I mean, it's it's tough to say right now. Every every person's body is different. You you never know how they could come back. But I think with KD, if we look at some guys who've come back from Achilles tear. DeMarcus Cousins is back, but he's also back a little bit prematurely. I don't think he would have really been playing if the Warriors hadn't accumulated so many injuries. So he was okay in spurts. Now, you take a guy like KD, he's lighter than him. His game might be affected, but I just think that KD's so much of a talented shooter and a scorer that the dip, the dip in production you might see just maybe less dunks and just more post work, more jumpers, more shots. I think he can be just as efficient, if not more, you know, going as he matures as a superstar. So he may not have quite the same lift. He might be a little timid at first, you know, coming back from an injury like this. But I think ultimately we're probably going to get the same production. Rudy Gay is another guy who had an injury like that. He's a lot more efficient scorer than he used to be in Memphis yeah. in, his, in his high flying days, if you believe yeah. it. He's fitting in with the Spurs just fine. So we saw the drop-off from Rudy Gay, but this is Kevin Durant we're talking about. He's a different type of scorer. He's on another level, so I think KD's going to be fine, even though he might lose some lift. Yeah, no, let's hope that's the case. Uh, Stacy, what do you think? You think KD can bounce back? Yeah, he can bounce back because KD is a baller. He's a hooper. He wants to get back out there. We saw what he tried to do, you know, in, in game five. I mean, uh, he's not going to be the same player, but I look at that as more of a positive thing, like what Mike was saying. I think he's going to add more things to his arsenal to accommodate for the injury. I think he's going to add more uh, post moves. I think he's going to do that. He's uh, going to tone down the slash and probably turn to a little jump shooter a little bit um, as he try to work himself back. I think he's going to work on his legs. I think he's going to put in the work to get back to being the great KD. Now, when he comes back at first, I don't expect him to be as explosive. I expect for it to take some time, take some months. But I think we're going to see a, a different version of Kevin Durant. It's still going to be, you know, the same production or close to it. Yeah, no, I hope so. Uh, Jordan, last but not least, I think KD yeah. can bounce back. I was reading that report as well, and it basically kind of said that there's no way he's playing 82 games a season anymore. That That's done. He's going to be doing a lot of load management. Um, I read that his athleticism is definitely not going to be there. He's definitely not going to have that jumping ability that he has. Um, but, you know, like like Michael brought up, like people heal in different ways, I guess. Um, you know, you think of Paul George, he had that nasty leg injury. He came back. Some could even argue that he's better than he was before. Um, but then you think of players like Gordon Hayward, who is not even close to his old self, you know. Um, but some of that's not like physical. A lot of it's mental as well. Um, you know, if you watch Gordon Hayward a lot this year, um, he was just so timid, you know. He never drove to the hoop anymore. 
Um, anytime he had a dunk option, he would like drive in and then he's like, ah, crap, I don't want to take this. And he'd kick it out. Um, so I would like to think that Kevin Durant has a little bit more Mamba mentality in him where he's not really going to be afraid like that. Um, but I, I guess we'll see. Um, yeah, that's one of those things where I, I hope he doesn't change. You know, Kevin Durant's a great player and obviously like you hate to go up against him because, you know, he's going to be like a really good player that you're going to have to find a way to stop. But at the same time, like what's the NBA without Kevin Durant at this very moment in time, you know? So uh, I'm hoping he can come back, but I guess time will tell. Yeah, no, let's let's definitely all hope that he comes back just the same as he was. He's really fun to watch. Uh, but that's it. That's the last hot take. So I'll sign off and pass it back to you, Jordan. Awesome. Thank you, Ben. All right. So next up, we have the the biggest topic in the NBA right now. Um, if you call yourself a basketball fan, you haven't heard of it. You're not a basketball fan. Uh, Anthony Davis was traded to the Los Angeles Lakers. I see smirks on both of your faces. So we'll just get right into this. Um, Los Angeles gets Anthony Davis. New Orleans in return got Lonzo Ball. Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, the fourth overall pick in this upcoming draft, as well as two other first-round picks. But the kicker with that other first-round picks that not many people know about yet is that the Pelicans have the right to choose what pick they want in the next seven years. So they can pick any first-round, two first-round picks out of the next seven years. So say next year comes up and the Lakers have the 20th pick, they can be like, nah, I'm good, and wait till the next year, and maybe they'll get like the fourth overall pick or something like that again. Um so just initial reactions we'll start with, and then we'll get a little deeper into it. Uh, we'll go to my Los Angeles Laker fan, Mike White. How you feeling? Let's go, Mike. Uh, <laughs> so my initial reaction to the trade what was, it hurt. I'm not going to lie. It hurt me right here. To see the young players go, uh, I was part of the Keep the Core movement. I didn't believe in giving up all of them for one player. But as I stand here today... And I look at my I look at what we have. I have to be happy to a certain extent because you got another superstar now. Even for when LeBron leaves, Anthony Davis is still young. So we we have a guy to build around going forward. Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. I love those young guys, but with Lonzo Ball, you're looking at a point guard who's only shooting about what 40% from the free throw line. You, you just can't have that as a starting point guard in this league. And I granted it's early. He also missed too many games for me. He, he missed a lot of games in his first season. Second season, he played even less. And even though there were signs of him getting better, when, when you have a guy who's not able to be on the court and then he's a he's a liability at the free throw line, at the point guard position in the NBA, he, he's trade bait. And, and we saw that coming. Brandon Ingram, he had the blood clot issue. We've been waiting for him to peak. But... We have LeBron on the wing now. Brandon Ingram at times throughout the season seemed to be like seemed to be that one piece that fit but didn't quite fit as well as the others. He seems like he needed the ball or he needed to be on the court when LeBron was on the bench. So my initial reaction was bittersweet. I, I'm gonna miss the young guys, but looking at what we have now, when you have LeBron James still 27, 8 and 8 last year. When you have Anthony Davis, when healthy, what, 25, 12, and 5, and 4, and all these type of stats, both top top five guys in PER, as a Laker fan, all you got to do is just get the role players right, get maybe one more guy, and you're set to make a run at the ring. So initial reaction was bittersweet, but I'm owning up to it. I'm liking what, what, we could, po- what could possibly come out of this 
if they make the right moves in the offseason. Stacey, what about you? I know you're a LeBron fan, so do you think this is going to get LeBron a ring? Well, my initial reaction to this. Oh, the Lakers are almost back. They're almost back to the forefront. Two years in a row, they got their man. Last year, LeBron James. This year, Anthony Davis. Like Mike said, all they need to do is to fill out the uh, shooters and their great role players, people that can defend, et cetera, et cetera. Now, uh, another piece of this for me, part of the Lakers side, is uh, how exactly they're going to spread this money out. Because uh, we hear reports now, we read reports now that it's going to be kind of hard for them to find another max player and get them in there while at the same time trying to fill out the rest of their roster. Because remember, Anthony Davis on the last year of his deal, and he's going to look to sign a max contract himself. So can the Lakers spread their money out evenly? And they talk to him right now, the Lakers are back, and despite all the, uh, the things that's going on at the top of the organization, they are still a destination. They are still a dangerous team. Uh, as far as the Pelicans, uh, the future right now looks was great for them. I mean, they have Lonzo Ball, they have Brandon Ingram, and like you said, he wanted to get on the floor when uh, LeBron was on the bench. So that means he wants to at least try to be great out there. And they got plenty of draft picks for the future. And then they have Zion Wilson. I'm pretty sure now they're going to pick him now. They're definitely going to pick him now. And then you have that fourth overall pick. Uh, we don't know what they're going to do with it exactly, but I mean, they got a nice young corridor together. Then you still have Drew Holiday there, and hopefully they can re-sign Julius Randle. So the Pelicans, they're going to be exciting to watch, especially a few days down the line. But right now, my attention is on the Lakers. Showtime is almost back. Almost there. <laughs> yeah, Michael, I've just been watching you this like entire time while you were talking and then while Stacey was talking. You just had like a grin on your face the entire time. I'm happy for you, man. I'm happy for you. It feels good to be <laughs> re- just relevant. You know what I yeah. mean? Just relevant. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't have felt good after like not making the playoffs, especially like, when you, you thought you were going to with LeBron. So, yeah, something to look forward to now. But my initial reaction was definitely more of a selfish one. Um, I was so excited that the Celtics did not trade for him. We got to keep Tatum. I didn't have to worry about blowing up the core. You know, like Michael, you were saying, you were you were a fan of the keep the core movement. I'm the same in Boston. I thought it would have been really dumb to blow up our entire team for a one-year rental when he right. didn't want to be there because look how that worked out with Kyrie Irving, you know? Um, and he, he's pretty much gone. Um, so I was definitely more of a selfish reasoning. Uh, but at the same time, I was like, holy crap, like L.A. can be scary. Um, they're definitely not done with their moves yet. Um, like you said, they they do have some cap room right now. I think they can sign one more max deal. Yeah, I think yeah. it's something along the lines of if if they wait to get the deal done towards July 30th, then they'll yeah. have a slide. It's something like that. Okay, and, and I think it would be in Davis's favor um, if he wants to win a ring to wait that time. Because um, yeah. what, what, wouldn't he get a bonus if he went now? Like, wouldn't he be giving up money if he waited to the 30th? Yeah, it's like five million or something like that. Yeah, but at the same time, five million to him versus winning an NBA championship. Right. Yeah, because like the Lakers, they have a lot of options right now. Um, you know, there's Jimmy Butler, there's Kemba Walker, but he's kind of already said where he wants to go. Um, you know, they definitely need to fill in those roles. Julius Randle just said he's declining his player option. He's a free agent. There are a lot of free agents out there that the Lakers have to choose from, whether they want to do one max contract guy or 
or fill in some role players. They definitely have some wiggle room to move around with. Um, for the Pelicans, the Pelicans, you know, this is one of those trades where I can see looking back in five years uh, where the the Pelicans made it look like they fleeced the Lakers. Um, hmm. This reminds me a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of the Boston Celtics-Brooklyn Nets trade a few years ago. Um, obviously, the difference is that Anthony Davis is a lot younger than what Celtics gave up at the time. And, you know, he's kind of just going into his prime. But at the same time with that, he is kind of injury prone. He gets hurt a lot. So that's something that the Lakers have to worry about. But, you know, I think I think the biggest part of that trade was the draft picks. You know, just the ability to pick and choose from what first round picks you want. I think that's a killer. Um, I don't know. The Pelicans are in a really good situation. They are reminding me a lot of the Celtics a couple of years ago in that rebuilding phase. Um, you know, they have the young core. They have future picks. Um, they're going to be a scary team in a couple of years. I think it'll take one or two years to get there, um, but then they're going to be a team that I don't want to screw around with at mm-hmm. all, um, you know, especially led by Zion, assuming he's not going to end up being a bust. Um, yeah, scary, dude. Um, anything else on the trade you want to bring up, Mike? Uh, I was going to say just to – Caveat on the net. I mean, not the Nets, the Pelicans. This can go really, really right for them. You get Lonzo Ball with Zion Williamson. So, first off, you got Lonzo and Drew Holiday in the backcourt. That's lockdown city. That's lockdown. Those are two very elite perimeter defenders. So, you have them in the back. And who knows? Like you said, they can flip that number four for maybe another an established player. Who knows who that could be? All of a sudden, you're talking about the Pelicans. Barring injury, because we have to see, can Lonzo Ball make it through the season? Can Brandon Ingram make it through the season? But barring those injuries, you have a team who could instantly be competing in the Western Conference. And, and as we saw this past year, it, it, it was deep. The Western Conference was deep this year. Even if you look at a team like the Kings, who barely missed the playoffs, they were a tough out. you know. And then you're going to have the Lakers, who are going to be back. And then you have the Mavericks with Porzingis and, and Doncic now. So the, the West... So the parity is going to be crazy next year. The West is starting to look a lot more wide open. And I think the Pelicans have definitely made a move to set them up going for. I think the Lakers are hoping that we're going to be a good team now with AD LeBron going for. So hopefully those first round picks don't affect us no much. Hopefully they're later. But you never know in the NBA. You're one injury away from being a lottery team. So, yeah. Plus, you got to think how much long LeBron LeBron has left. I mean, they could right. hold on to those picks for the last two years. LeBron may be out of the league by then. We don't know. Yeah. Um, you know, I have my personal opinions where I think he'll stay in the league until his son comes in, play one year with him, and then probably call it quits. Um, but yeah, just the Pelicans. You know, they have so many options. They can either, you know, use that fourth overall pick. They can trade it, get more assets, like you brought up. Um, one thing that'll be interesting to me is like what they try to do to get those assets, like. One, they could try to get rid of Solomon Hill's contract, trade him with one of those picks as kind of like a kicker um, to clear some more cap space so they can bring in more of a bigger free agent. Right. Uh, you know, they could trade that pick just straight up for, um, you know, some of the players in the league that have been rumored that want off their team. You know, Chris Paul has been talked about. Obviously, I don't think they really need another guard with uh, Alonzo and um, Drew Holiday. But, you know, they just have so many options to choose from. It's kind of like the league is at their disposal right now with uh, all of the things they have to give up. Um, Stacey, anything else you want to add? Um, as far as LeBron AD, I really like this trade uh, because, you know, this 
taste of load off LeBron a little bit because, you know, he did go through that injury where he missed like 18, 19 games this past season and he's getting up there in age, has a lot of mileage on his body. So Anthony Davis can take over a game, you know, we already know. So that's going to help LeBron out a lot. And then for the Pelicans, in order for them to win this trade, it looks good on paper, the potential is there, but it's about mentally for the uh, the young players that are now like is he going to be comfortable playing in New Orleans now versus Los Angeles? Uh, what about Brady? What did he got to do in order for him to be great? Because um, a lot of people looked at him as the next KD in the league. I don't know whether you guys see that or not, but that's where his ceiling is, and can he reach that? That's, and then Josh Hart, can he be a quality player off the bench? He had his struggles in L.A. So for the Pelicans, for that young core, it's all about them mentally okay so so let's close off on this ADLA talk um with this one question um does 80 to the lakers make them instantly a title contender or is it still too early to tell uh stacy we'll start with you oh for as title contender it's still too early to tell just because they got to fill out the rest of the roster but for as playoff contender oh yeah they they go into the playoffs there's no question about that lebron ad kuzma still there yeah, playoff, yes. Title, I don't know right now. Yeah, I would definitely agree. Michael, what about you? Title. <laughs> right He's now. confident. I like it. I, I already know. Look, last year, last summer, I was sure we were going to make the playoffs. Injuries derailed that. Mm-hmm. This year, I'm sure we're going to make the playoffs. You get LeBron in the playoffs, you, you got a good Different shot. person. Di- totally different player. Actually plays a little defense. So... <laughs> AD now is just health, man. Health, 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 health is going to be so huge. But I think LeBron and AD healthy, you're a title contender, especially with the Warriors down like they are. So one last thing. I know I said that was the last thing, but you kind of brought something up to my opinion. Um, Say AD goes down with an injury, misses half the season. Are you instantly calling that a failed trade? Michael, we'll start with you. Why? Why did we say this question? I don't. You gotta get ready for it. He's injury prone, man. He is injury prone. I literally have a screenshot of my in my phone of all his injuries. <laughs> I saw that on Twitter year, today. Yeah, from year to year and yeah. what it was. If he goes down and misses half the season, I, I don't think you have to classify as failure yet. Because are you? Let's say he missed the first half, but then comes back and is healthy, and we win the championship. Correct. So it it, it kind of. It all depends on the injury and the severity of the injury. And, and what else? Again, it's so, so much is big on what else we do with this roster right now. Every Palinka has a big job on his hands this offseason. So I, I, I don't think it would be a failure. It just depends on what happens in that season. And it depends on the injury, of course. Okay. Stacey, what about you? And also, for me, it depends on at what point of the season did the injury occur. Like, if it occurs, like, March, and they get ready for the playoffs, then I wouldn't call it a failure, but I'll be so disappointed, and I'll be so sad. Like, come, like really, we going through this again? So, like, they'll be a very disappointed. But it also depends on when does the injury occur. If it's early in the season, he can bounce back. We They cool. They're going to be cool. But if it's late in the season, that playoff push, and then they make the playoffs, yeah, it's going to be a, a tough one. Yeah, I can't remember a last time I was so excited for an offseason. Like, usually I'm, like, so upset when the season ends. But, like, I'm more excited for this offseason. Like, there is so much potential. 
like this league's gonna go crazy. It oh man, for every team, like oh, I'm so excited. But um, we'll 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 talk about that another day while uh, while we have no more stuff to talk about. But uh, to finish off this episode, uh, we're gonna have a little fun topic. We're gonna make our starting five under the age of 25. So that includes the age of 25 as well. Um, so yeah, we'll go standard format: point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center. Um, if a player does play multiple positions, um, you know, think of a guy like Luka Doncic who can play four positions. LeBron James could probably play four positions. Um, you can fit them wherever you want them as long as that they do play there. Um, so yeah, we'll start with that. Do you guys have your teams ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So Stacy, we're gonna start with you. I have it on my phone. Stacy, who is your starting five under the age of 25? All right, my starting five for the age 25 and under. I'm going to go from center all the way down to the Got to have this guy, Joel Embiid. Dominant player. Dominant, dominant, dominant. He need to stay healthy, too, sometimes. But, you know, when he, he on that floor, he's top 10 player in the NBA. And then at forwards, I'm putting him in my power for Giannis Antetokounmpo. Might be the MVP. Might take over the lead in a year or two from now. Gotta have him. Still need to get that jump shot, but hey, he's already a dangerous player right now. And in my small forward position, Luka Doncic, even though he's a rookie, he was sensational the whole entire year, over 20 points per game. The guy, he just he's just a walking bucket at this point right now. He can make a crazy shot. I still remember that one shot he made in the corner. Man, what a, what a player then at shooting. That shooting guard, bring him back up because I remember y'all got on me that one episode about having him on the snow team. Devin Booker, <laughs> Devin Booker is back. Yes, Devin Booker is back. There's a player that could take from Giannis Antetokounmpo is Devin Booker. The unfortunate part about him is he's with the Suns. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> I'm but, not but, much more to say about that. <laughs> right. uh, that's all I gotta say. Suns, but, but you know he. Man, he's a great player. Still need to work on the defensive side of things, but you know he he's great. He's going to be great. And then at my point guard, at my point guard, Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons. In my opinion, I don't care what people got to say about this. He is the he like the B version of LeBron James to me. He can just do it all. He can pass. Uh, he he can rebound. Can't uh, shoot. Can drive drive in. He's going to work on that. <laughs> He's gonna work on that. Uh. He's gonna work on that. <laughs> I, I really, I really do. Besides the not taking threes here and there, uh, I really do love this game. And once he, you know, uh, gets confident in his jump shot, he he's gonna be dangerous. The only thing about him is besides the jump shooting is, you know, he's with the seventy sixes, so you know it's all Jimmy Butler and and Joel Embiid, so he really don't have room to score. But you know, he can still get his in certain spots. So those are my five. My unbeatable, undefeated starter five under 25. My squad's beating you, dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Michael, oh, let's see your oh, team. See. <laughs> All right, so my my starting five under 25. Uh, we, me and Stacy got a few of the same people, but that's okay. Uh, great minds think alike. So for my center, I got Joel and B. When healthy. I think he's definitely the best big man in the league. Offensively, his footwork, we haven't seen footwork like this since the dream, Hakeem Olajuwon. So 
And then the the presence he brings on defense is, is just insane. So I got Joel Embiid at, at my five in my center position. At the four position, I got Giannis Antetokounmpo. Look, dude might win MVP this year. His team won 60 games. Yeah, he got locked up by the claw, but who wouldn't? So Giannis is definitely just going to get better as time goes on. He's only, as you can see, he's under 20. How old did we say he was? 24 right 24. now. Yeah, 24. So just where he's at already at the age of 24, the progression he's made, he's going to be dominant in the league for some time. So he's my power forward. Um, at the three, I got Mr. Luka Doncic. Look, dude came in the league this year, balling, step back threes, getting people with just simple, like little Larry Bird, just fake it over here, fake it over there, just throw it up, just simple, gets the job done. Dude came in the league ready to hoop, so I got Doncic in my number three. At number two, my two guard, I got Devin Booker. I mean, dude still averages 24 points a game. Look, the only reason you're ever concerned about the Suns is, hey, don't let Devin Booker go off because that's the only way you're going to probably lose. Devin Booker, I think he's on a – you know, a competing team. We would get to see him on the big stage. I used to call him Clay Thompson with a handle. That That's what I used to call him, man. So Devin Booker, I have him in my number two. Here's where we differ at my point guard position. I got De'Aaron Fox. Look, um, he could have been the most improved player in the league this year. He's took, he plays defense. He's explosive. Big thing, he improved his jumper this year. That was one of the main concerns with him coming out of coming out of college. I didn't know if he was going to be able to shoot on the level on the next level. Now I think I was just looking it up. His pull up jumper is his his uh, percentage from pull up jumper is higher than like Demar Derozan and Jason Tatum. So a couple guys we know can really shoot the ball in the mid range. So De'Aaron Fox has improved. He's fast. He's quick, and he's a big reason for the Kings' success last year. And He's going to be a big reason for this success going forward. So that's my top five. I got De'Aaron Fox in my point guard spot. Okay. Mm. All right. I also have a lot of similarities between the two. Um, one of the ones we didn't agree on was the center. Uh, for At center, I had Nikola Jokic. I really like Jokic. He can spread the floor. He can hit that three if he needs it. I think he's severely underrated. Um, you know, I think the only difference between Jokic and Embiid is that Embiid has an attitude, whereas Jokic doesn't and kind of stays mm -hmm. out of the media. Um, so I kind of think that's why Jokic is sometimes forgotten about, I guess I'll say. Um, you know, he proved a lot to me, um, you know, just the playoffs a little bit. And then, you know, the whole regular season, the dude was an animal. Um, so, so I like Luka. I like, I'm um, sorry, not Luka. Um, Nikola Jokic, just for the fact that he can spread the floor, whereas Embiid can't do that as much. Um, at my power forward. Um, so we had the next two people the same. I just switched positions. I went Luka Doncic at the power forward. Um, mm. That's what he played all year in uh, – uh, with the Mavericks, uh, I think it was like 80% of the games he played. He was at the starting at the four. Um, you know, nothing that you guys have said that I can't say any differently. The dude's an animal. He came into the league ready to ball out of the Euro League. Um, if he doesn't win Rookie of the Year, I will be very surprised. Um, obviously, his only competition right now is Trey Young, but Trey I don't know. Right. <laughs> Luka Doncic just had much more of a full and complete year, whereas Trey Young kind of waited till halfway through the season to kind of kick in. Um, so, yeah, I have Luka Doncic at the four. At the three, I have Giannis Antetokounmpo. Dude's the MVP. There's no debate since MVP doesn't consider the playoffs at all. Um, Giannis is a freak of nature. 
Um, you know, in the East, I said this um, in the playoffs when my Celtics were playing. The only person I was really afraid of in the East was um, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Um, he can really do everything except for shoot a three. Um, and if he can do that, he's going to be unstoppable. And at the age of 24, I think we said, um, you know, he, he hasn't even hit his peak yet. Um, and you can't teach athleticism and size like that. Um, so he's going to be really hard to stop in the future. So I want him on my squad. At the two, I also had Devin Booker. The dude is an animal. People forget how young he is. Um, you know, one thing I would like to see Devin Booker work a little more on is a little bit much of his physicality and kind of driving and, and slashing a little bit more. Um, I feel like he sometimes tends to stay away from that. Um, if he could add that to his caliber, I think he'd be a real threat. Obviously, he is a real threat already. Um, like you said, he, he can com- he's been carrying Phoenix. Like That is the only reason Phoenix is on the map. That is the only reason Phoenix is in the NBA and not the G League, I'm pretty sure. Um, Devin Booker is an animal. People forget how young he is. Um, at the one, I'm very surprised I didn't hear this name yet. I was very, very surprised. D'Angelo Russell I had at the one. Um, D'Angelo Russell, future Celtic, um, after we sign and trade Kyrie to Brooklyn. Um, you know, what can't he do? You know, he's had a tremendous story, you know, getting drafted by the Lakers, and then the Lakers kind of stabbing him in the back saying, oh, we want Lonzo. Look at Lonzo now. Um, <laughs> so I don't know, man. D'Angelo Russell's just had one of those stories that you love to love and you, you want to follow him as a player. And who doesn't like D'Angelo Russell? Um but, you know, on that, someone I went back and forth with was, my, was Michael's pick, De'Aaron Fox. Um, I did go back and forth between that, but I decided to go just D'Angelo Russell um, with the way that he can kind of take over a game in a way that I don't think De'Aaron Fox can do just yet. Um, but, you know, I think De'Aaron Fox is much younger than D'Angelo Russell, so so he has still some time to catch up. I mean, looking at rookie seasons, I, I, I would take De'Aaron Fox's rookie season over D'Angelo Russell's, I think. Um, so, you know, De'Aaron Fox still has time to grow. Um, but as of now, I'm, I'm taking D'Angelo Russell. Um, so now I'll just kind of open it up, let you guys debate it out a little bit. Um, call call some people out if you want, start some fights. Let's hear it. Oh, I mean, my team will win. Yeah, that, that's just <laughs> point and simple. You know, I got Booker, got Fox in my backcourt. You know, you got Giannis in the frontcourt with Embiid, Air Dontrick. So you got playmaking everywhere. Somebody getting a bucket at all times. Booker going to get so many open shots. That he's never seen in Phoenix. Trust, he's never seen <laughs> the shots he's going to get on this squad. <laughs> you, so, you know, all, you go, Stacey. Sorry. All right. So all of our all of our point guards are different. Correct. Yeah. Um. Guess who's the better passer out of all three of these point guards? Mm-hmm. Ben Simmons. Who's the tallest? Ben Simmons. Who has more skill set? Ben Simmons. Who can get the ball? Ben Simmons. Who averages more points per game? He just now getting there, but guess what? Who won't shoot the wide open three? Hey, he can still get in there and get that mid-range pocket. Ben Simmons. You know, you know what we should do is after this, I should do a uh, uh, my association or whatever it's called on two K, and then sim those teams and see who will win. See who comes out on top. Yeah, I'll have to find a way to like do like duplicate players. I think that'd be pretty fun. I'll do a sim. Yeah, see what happens. I know he's on my team though. <laughs> I I got every, everyone can shoot except for Giannis. Oh, yeah, everyone's but... everyone's hitting threes on my team. It's gonna be a blow up. It's gonna be a blow up. I've already I've already tested the waters with AD on the Lakers. I'm here <laughs> here to let you guys know. In the first season, we uh, lost in the second round to the Warriors. Still, 
But hey, it, it, we're building. Was Clay on the Warriors? Was Durant on the Warriors? Like, what was going on with that? They, it was their same teams. It was all the same teams. Just oh, AD okay, okay. was on the AD was on the Lakers, and you know all the young guys. So I had to go and like revamp and make trades like crazy because I was yeah. like Rondo, Casey. Nah, I got rid of all of that. <laughs> the free agency side. Nah, Rondo. Nah, man, I traded all those guys. I I got Clay Thompson the following summer on okay. the team with AD. So hey, we looking right right now. We <laughs> test it out. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely going to be a fun off-season. But uh, unless you guys have anything else to add, this is going to be it for this episode. Um, we did have a lot to talk about this week, so we're actually doing two episodes. We're going to record the next one right after this. Um, but we're going to end this one here um, just so we don't go over too long. Um, we've had two-hour episodes before, and that was just way too much. So we're going to kind of break it down and, and give you guys a chance to kind of have a break if you want. Um, two hours is a long time to sit down and listen to one thing. So uh, we'll end this episode here. We'll start the next episode pretty soon. Uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about the NBA draft as that's coming up. Um, so make sure to definitely take a listen to that one if you haven't already. Um, but yeah, that's it for this episode. Do you guys have anything to add to end it off? Nope. Take a seat, you're good. Stay tuned. We got more coming. All right. That's it for the Last Word podcast. We'll see you guys on the next episode. You're tuned in to Last Word Radio. Last Word on Sports. Dot com. And that is the last, last word. word.